when you have a passion for something, you can likely make a career out of it. My mom always said, if you love making shoelaces, just be the best shoelace maker and you'll be really successful. And so that was how I thought of the fashion industry. If I find something that I like and I can recognize that I'm okay at it, I need to give it a shot and try and make a career out of it. Welcome to Drink the Coffee, Do the Work, the weekly podcast that highlights focus-driven creatives and entrepreneurs in your community. Julianne Costigan joins us on the couch. She is a world-renowned fashion stylist for influencers, celebrities, and major brands all around the world. She takes us through her winding path of experiencing the things that she doesn't like to bring her closer to the aspects of her life and profession that she loves. Julianne is a living example of what you can do when you apply yourself and do the hard work to get where you want to be. I really hope you enjoy this episode. We loved recording it. Let's get into it. This is great coffee, by the way. Oh, good. Tim's I'm glad you think so. master at making coffee actually um he uses the french press and then just like adds in specific amounts of water i don't really understand it were you ever a barista no it's one thing i thought i could do i always thought i could be either a chef or a barista i wasn't doing what i do now which is not i mean it's aspirational because it's an artistic field and i feel like it's helping people but it feels like a weird sidestep at this point i have a weird goal one day When I decide that I no longer want to do what I'm doing, I have always wanted to be a cashier at like a local small grocery store. Oh, cool. Okay, like a cottage country kind of one? Exactly, where they still have all the buttons that you hit. Yes. Yes. And so one day I still like it's on my bucket list I will do that and I want to be the the lady who's like oh Jim you saw the bananas were on sale today <laughs> I was thinking of you last yeah. week you know yeah. I want to like have those relationships with with people and hit all the buttons yeah <laughs> that I never got Just to do I was never a cashier I worked at American Eagle I was my like first job I never and got I w- to do cash did we work at American Eagle together no I shopped there all the time okay. but no I was at um Jacob Okay. Well, Julianne, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. On our podcast. Today we're speaking with Julianne Costian. Um, She is a stylist uh, of celebrities and regular women. um, Men. Women and men. Yes. Human beings. Human beings. Everyone. You style everyone. You make everybody more fashionable. Yes, I do. And bring their best selves out. And uh, I'm really, really excited to have you here. Uh, Julianne and I went to high school together for a year and I've been obsessed with her ever since. Um, <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> uh, you've always been super fashionable and now you've turned that into a career. I worked at two high-end boutiques here in Kitchener-Waterloo just between us and um, SAS Boutique, which is still here. And they gave me opportunities once they sort of realized that I had a knack and expressed interest um, in the industry greater than retail um, and gave me exposure. And I was able to go on some buying trips with them in Toronto, which was sort of the beginning of the potential of what I could do in the fashion industry. That's very cool. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, since then, I know this, everybody else should know this. You have become like a a mogul in the fashion industry. That's what I've decided. I think, yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like as an entrepreneur, you're just always working towards the next goal. So I don't, you don't sit in it for long enough to, to recognize you have accomplished a lot, Mm -hmm. but like you work with celebrities. So you're in Toronto now mainly, but you do work with clients in Waterloo, Kitchener, Waterloo area. Um, but you work with celebrities, you work with, as you call them, women of influence a lot, which is awesome. 
Um, and I mean, I have to say, what some of your clients, uh, Megan Patrick, Ruth B, Jessica Mulrooney was one of my favorite. I have some of her her outfits that you've styled are incredible. Amazing. You do things for people on the red carpet, for photo shoots, editorial. You have Hudson's Bay, Sony, Shoppers Drug Mart, Crest, like these Coca-Cola, these aren't small. These aren't small credits. Those Big are fish. huge. Those yeah. are serious. So how does a girl from, you know, Kitchener Waterloo become one of the most sought after stylists? I need to know. Well, What's that the just path? made me yeah. feel so great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, I, I strongly believe to this day that hard work kind of takes you where you want to go. Um, and that's sort of the mindset and the work ethic that I've applied to everything that I've done. So um, I went to Ryerson University for fashion communications in Toronto. And then I had a couple of opportunities to study abroad, which was really amazing because you get exposure to see what could be. And I think that always um, helps keep the passion alive and um, helps drive work ethic in the end. So I studied at um, IFM in Paris in fashion business for a summer, and then I did a program um, at the Instituto Marangoni in London, England, in fashion styling. And then after that, I, well, actually during those years in the other months of the summer and through the school year, I worked um, and interned in PR and marketing for Pink Tartan and then Ramona Caveza. Okay. And during those times, I kind of realized that PR and marketing wasn't for me. And I think that's the best thing about university is the exposure and the things that you get to do that help you decide what you don't like, that yes, get yeah. you closer to what you do like. And you have to go and experience things so you can get closer to the end goal. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so I met a stylist during the PR and marketing internship and I got her contact and reached out to her and it took a number of times to finally get a response and the response, I remember it so clearly. I think I was working at SAS in Waterloo and I said, I'd love to you know, work for you. Do you have any opportunities? And I got an email back that said, do you live downtown and do you have a car? And I said, yes and yes. And then she scheduled a call with me and this was Zaina Esmail who- You're like, I'll buy a car if I have to. Yeah, it was to. like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, luckily I did have one and yeah. that was- a, an asset that I didn't realize at the time. Right. Um, and probably the reason why I got my foot in the door and right. got the opportunity that I did. And I worked under Zaina, who was the fashion editor of Fashion Magazine for a number of years and is arguably one of Canada's, North America's like top stylists. Um, and I worked under her and she became a mentor for me in my career all through university and ultimately helped me get to where I am today. So I am wow. very, she's a mentor for me and I'm very thankful for the re relationship that we have. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So it seems like, I mean, a lot of hard work, but also a lot of things aligned for you at the right time, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, some people have these stories of jumping through hoops to, and trying things and not liking them. Like mm -hmm. I feel like I was able to find that thing I loved very quickly and I was, supported by my family and my friends. And that was really helpful for allowing me to just um, try things and enjoy them and recognize if I like something that I could probably make a career out of it. And yeah, absolutely. I, I actually have always thought um, it, it seems like 
effortless for you. It seems, and I, I don't mean that in a negative way by any means. It seems like this is just what you were meant to do. It never felt like there was a struggle. It never felt like you tried a bunch of things and failed at them, like a lot of us have done. It seemed like you tried it. Everybody got behind you and we were like, yes, this is what you should do. This is it. And it was like, it's amazing that you have said that your your family backed you on this because um, as lots of creatives have seen, that doesn't always happen. People think you're going to be broke and, you know, that's a Which nice- you are for a period yeah. of time, for yeah. sure. <laughs> like you think that's going to be a nice hobby. It's a nice idea. Yeah, I'm fortunate, again, that my family, um, my mom's family are all entrepreneurs. They understood that when you have a passion for something, you can likely make a career out of it. My mom always said, if you love making shoelaces, just be the best shoelace maker and yeah. you'll be really successful. And That's so that was just sort of the, you know, how I thought of the fashion industry. If I find something that I like and I can recognize that I'm, you know, okay at it, I need to give it a shot and try and make a career out of it. And right. that's what I did. That's very cool. Um, I have, I do have a question about um, that specifically before I move on to other topics. But um, I find that a lot of people that have a passion for something can um, maybe be looked at as like, is that a serious job though? Like um, people will say, oh, that's a nice hobby. I've had literally so many people say, what a cool hobby for you. And I'm like, oh, it's a little more than a hobby. How has that ever impacted you um, or does it just drive you to be really, really good at it? Because obviously fashion is something that a lot of people, especially women, are passionate about and are excited about. And some people think they're really good at it. Do you ever get people being like not taking it seriously when you tell them that you're a stylist? For sure. And I think I always actually struggle when people ask you, oh, and what do you do? I've actually found that saying a fashion consultant makes people a little bit more intrigued and take it more seriously. But saying, oh, I'm a fashion stylist, sometimes people look down on it. And that frustrates me a little bit. And Mm -hmm. it can weigh on you and Mm -hmm. make you doubt yourself. And so I've realized um, really how important marketing is and marketing yourself. And so I understood that just by changing the wording that all of a sudden people were like, oh, tell me more about that. And the word consultant certainly makes you sound more, right? Like empowered in your, in your role. And like, that's a more, you take yourself more seriously, which is terrible because fashion stylist is, I think a very impressive role, but people don't understand how a fashion stylist makes money. They do understand kind of how a fashion consultant. Everyone has a cousin who's a consultant, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's hard, but yeah. it's I've I don't know I enjoy it. You and just hustle and work through it. <laughs> yeah, and and again, like um, because I got to work under a, a really established stylist at um, through university, I got exposure to see the business right. side of it, and she had major clients, and she was represented represented by an agency P one M, which I ultimately after university. Um, became a part of the roster and they have a huge business and clientele. And so I learned very quickly what a successful stylist does and how they make money. And so I never really doubted it um, as long as I continued to work with them and um, build clients and clients who would come back to me. Right. I trusted that 
I'd eventually be able to build the reputation where I could make real money and make a career out of it. It's nice that you were able to see somebody at the top of their game. So when people do belittle it, and I, I have felt the same way in my career, it's like, well, you can belittle it all you want, but it's paying the bills and it's making me happy. So like, I don't, it doesn't matter if people that aren't on track with you don't see it. Right? Yeah. It doesn't really matter. And I think it's just making sure that you can check in with yourself and find ways to not let those things get to you. Yeah. Even though on days, they obviously, there are days where it, where it does, but mm. finding a way to kind of not let that get to you is important. And yeah. And all that really mattered was your family was on board for it. Your partner was on board for it. Like your family. And I knew and I friends, had a paycheck like, coming in. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm good. And I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. So uh, I do want to know like what your days, your weeks kind of look like. I, I say days or weeks. because I feel like maybe your days are very different from each other all the time. But like what, what does a, a stylist or a fashion consultant do on the day to day? Like what, what kind of work are you working on right now? Or Yeah, it, it honestly, it changes day to day with each client that I take on. So I have sort of two different Um, avenues of work that I do. So one is in more editorial and advertising work. So I work with fashion brands um, and brands like Coca-Cola and Mm -hmm. and, um, they need clothes. Yeah. And (laughs) the commercials that they do in the advertising that you see on billboards, there's a stylist who chose that red t-shirt that you think, you know, but there is the exact tone of red you needed. There's a method to my madness. Yeah. (laughs) So when I'm working with the advertising clients, you're going to their um, you know, their office and working with the collection of clothing. Um, you're choosing the best pieces and then you're accessorizing it and I'm going out and then sourcing the accessories. And they talk to you a lot about, okay, so this is our clientele and this is who's currently buying our product, but this is actually who we want to. So I'm making connections of, okay, they're not going to your store because you're not putting things together in a way that could be worn to the events that those clients are going to. So then I'm thinking about it in a different way. And I know these things because I work with individual clients, right? So I can bring that perspective and that knowledge that I've gained through working with them. And I found um, that that is become very valuable to me and the clients that I have. Um, So that's, you know, and then I'm shopping and buying accessories and shoes and I have a car full of merchandise and I love seeing your videos of you just sitting in your car like stacked to the brim oh my brim gosh. With, <laughs> yeah. like garment bags <laughs> I know I, you know what I don't make it to the gym as often as I would like but when I track my steps in a day and I know how many bags I've lifted lifted I'm like okay yeah. I think I'm all right like I've, I've, <laughs> I'm okay to eat this like yeah <laughs> keeping it together yeah tonight. seriously yeah. <laughs> um but yeah and then day to day with my personal clients um yesterday for example I came to Waterloo I have a couple clients here where um so I went to their house and I one client I had never worked with so I go into their closet they talk to me about what they're wearing what they're not wearing I why they're struggling to get dressed, why they're not enjoying getting dressed. And I help create solutions and sort of diagnose what I think they need to purchase or get rid of in order to um, make their clothes work for them in their everyday life. Um, So we purge, we edit, um, I create a list of things that I think they need to purchase. And then I go out and I 
find those things and put them aside for them and then we shop for them um or and you said that when you go to uh when you when you show up at, at retail stores like you'll have a clothing rack people aren't browsing with you you're literally like here are, this is the edit of curated. things that i think that you yeah need. so yeah. i take the browsing which is the part that most people hate about shopping yes. out of it so i know all the stores i know what merchandise and lines that they carry and i put things aside on a rack that I think are gonna suit the needs of my clients. Um, and one thing I do that's different from a sales associate at a retailer is I get to know the person's closet. So, and where they're struggling and the insecurities they have with their body. And, yeah. and then I make and create solutions to work with the clothes that exist. So I'm creating more versatility mm -hmm. in their closet, um, but also understanding their struggles and finding them things that are gonna bring more joy to their life right. um, and help them achieve more confidence and just feel better about themselves um, and ultimately have a better life. I always say, um, you know, we all have to get dressed every morning and the amount of clients that I see who hate getting dressed, it's kind of makes me sad to see that, you know, it's something we do every single every day, every single day. So if you have a closet full of things, you hate yeah you need to even if it's just having 10 things in your closet that you love i think it's better to wear just those 10 things and get rid of all the stuff that's you know carrying old memories mm -hmm. or doesn't fit or you know so anyway i like to make sure that every client i create a closet for each client where they love everything and they're happy to get dressed because yeah. I think that really impacts the rest of your day. It totally sounds like it has like a deeper psychological effect yeah. on people than just how they look. Like it's, if you start your, your day off so negatively, you're just being like, oh, I hate everything in this yeah. closet. Like how because does that impact not about, the rest of your day? And it's day? not necessarily right. about the, like, I, especially I, I can only speak for women, but especially for women, it's not necessarily about the actual garments that they dislike. It's how the garment interacts with their body yes. and how it makes them feel. Yeah. So if I put something on in the morning that I feel incredible in, I'm going to have a good day. And if I put something on that I feel frumpy in or like this is too casual or, oh yeah, the last time I wore this, X happened, right? Like you're saying, you, you, have, you memories, do have experiences right? with your items. Mm -hmm. um, it's so much more than that in the same way that when I have an important meeting, I'll wear my good blazer, right. like the blazer that I feel good in. And like, I'll wear I'll wear a bit of a heel because I walk taller. There is so much psychological impact on the items that we choose. Totally. I mean, I, for me, a blazer is that, I call it like my piece of armor in my closet yeah. and I put it on when I need that extra bit of confidence or I just want to feel really, um, good about myself and not worry about my appearance because yeah. I know that I'm feeling good about that. Yeah. I also think there's something psychological for women about when you wear a heel and you hear that sound, it sounds powerful. Yes. It's a sound you can you make. You hear that yourself not, click, click, clicking down yeah. the hall and you're like, mm. yes, I got it. <laughs> there And yeah, it's funny. I, I have realized through working with more individuals that you know, I'm obviously never going to be a doctor because I didn't go to med school, but <laughs> I feel like in a way I'm changing people's lives and that makes me feel really good. Do yeah. you focus on people's aspirational goals of where they want to be when you kind of audit yes. them? Okay. Yeah, that's a huge part of getting to know my clients and often they come to me with, you know, I've transitioned in my career and I have this role now and I don't feel like I look the part. And mm -hmm. so then I talk to them about, okay, what are your, you know, what are you known for? What do you want to be known for? And I try and make connections. You know, okay, well, I, um, I'm strong-minded and 
I want to feel okay about that. And I'm really, I have a bold personality, but I'm okay with that. But my, you know, my clothing hangs off Mm -hmm. of me and it doesn't. So then I'm like, okay, so let's, how can your image be bold, but still professional? And so I learn about the career they have and um, really what the goals and aspirations of, of, why they've hired me and then I try and create an outfit that is going to visually represent that so that when people see them in a meeting without even speaking they understand um and what this person is all about and they can command the attention of someone because I do believe people judge a book by its cover and even if you say you don't I mean Before someone speaks, you see the visual, right? Mm -hmm. And so if that visual isn't representing what you're capable of, then it's not doing you justice. And that's, you know, you're in charge of that. Like you, it's just put on the thing that you're 100% (laughs) in charge of that, right? And every, I mean, all of the choices that we make on a day to day, the types of computers that we use, the type of car that we drive, the, you know, in, in my world, the type of camera that I use exactly. and all of those things is conveying a certain something about who I am and what I do, right? It's yep. the same reason why when I first got into my business, I had to sell my car. It was a perfectly good car. It was totally fine. It worked. It was great. But what I was trying to do was get into higher end weddings. And I wanted to work with um, more luxury clients and rolling up in a car that costs what they paid me wasn't helpful. (laughs) So I I think it's great that you look at what's the end goal, not necessarily where you currently are, because where you currently are isn't serving you. Right. (laughs) So what's the, you know, if you've just become a partner at a law firm, stop dressing like a junior associate. Totally. Yeah, (laughs) no. And it's in, in that when you dress like it, then you believe that you're capable of doing yes. that. And so it's a, you know, cyclical, I think, yeah. thing. It doesn't only benefit others, but it benefits you, obviously, ultimately. I have a question about your celebrity stylists or your celebrity clients. Um, that's a lot of pressure for you, is it not? Like if you're addressing somebody for yes. the red carpet, yeah, that gets scrutinized. People don't scrutinize a woman walking into an office. I mean, they do. That's not true. People scrutinize a woman walking into an office in her outfit, but not in tabloids and not in the media. A global scale, yeah. Um, and it comes down to the choices that you've made. Do you, mm-hmm. How do you how do you manage that kind of pressure? I think or do you just get excited about it and you don't care? <laughs> I really look at every client the same, whether you're a celebrity or a regular person. And I think that's um, what their my clients like Want. about me. Yeah. Um, and so I'm making the choice because I believe it looks, it's the best option. It makes them look their best. And I don't worry too much about what other people think, because I think if I've made them look their best then I can stand behind that and they're going to feel their best Mm -hmm. and you can't, you can't appease everyone. And so dressing someone so that that tabloid says they look good is also fake. That's the wrong right? Like that's motivation. Yeah, and and I believe that if a person is wearing the right garment for them, then for the most part, the majority of the tabloids are going to say that they look great. Mm-hmm. And as long as I can stand behind it and say I really believed in that outfit and this is why I and chose that. And they felt great in it. Yes, then like that's all Who I can do. Who cares about the tabloid really, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I get to know each client. So I'm making choices that suit them best based mm-hmm. on, you know, their coloring and their mm-hmm. event that they're going to and I don't know I'm just I yeah. stand behind every choice that I make and I th- think that's really important mm-hmm. I think about 
the same thing that I think about with all my personal clients, which is how are they going to look and feel their best? Mm -hmm. And that's what they should be wearing. And that's how I approach every... I mean, that's probably like 99.9% of people that would like a fashion consultant, right? So you're probably in the right market there. I think that like 0.1%, you don't need to cater to that. That'd be a weird thing to cater to. I don't know. I mean, Julianne is. Julianne's niche is just doing weird shit. I'm the weird girl. You come to me when you need something weird. You need a weird statement. Julianne's got you. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, I I think it's um, probably the reason why celebrities like to work with you I, I would imagine if I was like a celebrity I would like to work with a person that wants me to look and feel my best but also treats me like you would treat your everyday clients but I would also love to be an everyday client that gets to be treated the same way that you treat Megan Trainer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how yeah. do you how do you keep up with trends? Because I'm not wearing anything that's overly I feel like very you have self-conscious. Two different socks on. These are, <laughs> I'm not judging you. I Tim, just but... moved. Everything's in boxes still. Yeah. This is all I could find. Um but how do you keep up with trends? Like what are your outside of like catering to people who they are authentically, there must be a world outside of the <laughs> I don't know anything about fashion. I know well because yeah, because like I think years ago we would watch magazines yeah. and but magazines are so dated now by the time that they're actually come out and publications are actually printed um yeah where do you find inspiration or where do you, how do you keep up on trends or do you just create them and say screw it no i mean you you find trends if you look hard enough and i'm in malls and stores all the time i'm seeing similar things in every store therefore that's a trend and you're seeing it on the red carpet or you're seeing influencers or celebrities um wear them and then i take those trends and i interpret them and try and make them work for each individual that expresses an interest in wanting to buy into that trend right okay and i i like to invest in classic pieces but then you know i i love olivia Palermo's style i think she does an amazing job of um spending money in the right way on the right pieces that are investments and that are going to be in your closet forever and are really going to work for you and then knowing where to buy into trends at zara that you know might only be around for a couple of seasons and um that's in my opinion a better way to buy the trend unless you love it and you need to have it and mm-hmm. you want to spend the money on the designer piece. And your style is whatever is the hottest mm-hmm. trendy thing. Yeah, right. and, and I try and I try and almost act as a fashion financial advisor. Smart. Well, it is a really big financial investment. A mm-hmm. lot of the brands that you you work with, mm-hmm. those aren't things that you want people to treat like fast fashion. No. <laughs> you want them to get them tailored and you want them to love those pieces forever. Yeah, yeah. and I think... I believe and I know from my own closet the things that I've spent a little bit more money on I respect. Yes. I hang up. Yeah. I dry clean. Yep. I wear it to that big meeting. So I believe in investing in certain pieces um and I love the idea of buying a future heirloom. Yes. And going to that meeting wearing that blazer and then my granddaughter one day getting that blazer and her mother giving it to her and saying, this is the blazer your grandmother wore to a meeting where she worked with that, you know, got that celebrity or worked with that woman who was a doctor who created a- Went on to do something Yeah, like I, so I like to also talk and try and um, work with clients to develop future heirlooms, which I think is really cool because I think a lot of people- Think about heirlooms as being something that's passed down to them, but rarely do you think about creating an heirloom for 
the future, future yeah. of course. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing to think about, especially in a day where sustainability is a hot topic and really important. Absolutely. To think about. Yeah. yeah. How how actually does um, the fast fashion industry and um, waste and sustainability, how does that impact your business? I mean, you've already spoken to creating heirlooms, but do you, is that important to you? Do you try to it, sway your clients away from fast fashion? It is important to me. Um, I, I obviously always listen to what matters to my clients as well. So I take that into consideration, but I think already by hiring me, they're they're deciding that they want to be a little bit more observant and make better decisions so that they're throwing out less. And that's really the purpose of me. And um, a lot of people say actually have to be like, I think you're actually saving me money. Like I didn't think that uh, that would happen, but absolutely. I now only shop twice a year, and I yeah. don't throw out anything because I love everything. Yeah, you know, and now I've you know given away the things that I was holding on to that I never wore, and I feel okay about it because I've got a closet full of things that I love to wear, and I don't want to buy anything. Yeah, anymore. You've taken a kind of a winding path to get where you are today. Mm-hmm. Are there any tips you could give listeners to this podcast? Um, people who are thinking about becoming a stylist, what would they, what are the three tips you could give? I think whether you're trying to become a stylist or not, hard work is really important. And, and I'm at a point where I'm hiring someone at the moment and that's a major, um, yeah, it's a major step, but that's like the key quality I think I'm looking um, for in someone. And it's actually believe it or not, hard to find. Oh, it, we don't, we don't not believe that we have done our hiring. Yeah. It is it's, a struggle and a half <laughs> to find a person that works hard. It's just impossible to find people that work hard. Yeah. And it's, you know, something I think my mom always told me, she's like, you know, someone can always be smarter than you. Someone can be more talented than you, but no one can ever work harder than you. That's something you're completely in charge of. And um, I think when you realize that you're like, oh yeah, like if I want to get that thing and I work really hard, I'm probably gonna be able to do that. Absolutely. Um, So work ethic, but I don't think that work ethic can be taught. I think you have it or you don't and if you don't maybe you're not in the right industry right Mm -hmm. because i think maybe you'd work harder at a different industry will work hard at what they want so have the passion for the thing that you do exactly okay yeah um what else i think it doesn't have to be three i know i'm trying no i i mean Uh, we always ask people for three things and i'm like what if i want two what if i want eight Mm mm-hmm what else there's got to be a few things i mean there's a number but let me just i want it to be you want it to be a goodie. A good one. Yeah. Um, I think curiosity is really important in um, gaining knowledge. I think people often don't ask questions and wonder why they're not Progressing. getting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I asked a lot of questions as an assistant stylist um, to help learn about how I could be better. And I love it when I work with people who have lots of questions who want to understand the industry because ultimately that's going to make them a better, smarter right. person. So I think people forget to be curious and I think that's a really important quality. Um, and then as a stylist, I think if 
if you want to become a stylist in the industry, I think it's really important to find another stylist who has a similar style to you because mm. it's a lot easier to learn under someone where you would naturally choose and select the same things that they would. And that is when I worked under Zaina, um, we had a similar aesthetic and that made our relationship really great because I'd find the thing that she missed and she'd right. find the thing huh. that I missed. And so we were really productive and had a really good um, relationship and working yeah. groove. Like, I don't know, you That's know, so when, you, when you meet someone and you're like, oh my gosh, we like click. we yeah. click. And yes. that I think it, I again was you really fortunate. an extension of her, which is super valuable to her. Yeah. And, and then, you know, they trust you yeah. and that gives you more opportunities. So I think even when I'm, trying to find someone to work with me often the interview is come out and work with me right yeah. and let me see what selections you're making how you behave on mm -hmm. set or with a client I don't you know I'm happy to teach as much as I can but there's also a number of things that I don't think can be mm -hmm. taught because it's your eye it's your aesthetic it's yeah who you are and what you like and I can't teach that I want you to naturally have something that works with my aesthetic right of course um so I think as a junior stylist, find another stylist who does work that speaks to you and that you really like and want to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's a great way to learn and and for them to trust you and get more opportunities. It also probably helps like that there's a proof positive that your personality type or the way you see the world is productive in this industry. Like to know that how you see things could be like a career. Yes, you know I mean? yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's bizarre, you never... This is not a, a job I ever thought that I definitely didn't say it when I was young that I wanted to be a fashion stylist because I didn't know it exists. But um, yeah, it's a great, great career. I love it. Cool. Do you have any, um, uh, I'm going to start that over again. Uh, <laughs> what do you feel like is next for you in your career? I know you're really leaning right at leaning into uh, the personal side of your business and um, helping women of influence to grow yeah. that side of themselves. Is that the next big thing for you right now? Yeah, I'm just um, constantly on learning more about that woman um, who is currently hiring me and what they need and what they want. I'm also trying to use technology as much as I can to make my services better um, because I think ultimately that's the way of the world and um, it will allow me to work with more people in all over the world and um i think that's really exciting that i could make an impact positive impact on more than just the people i can see um so yeah so integrating technology in a number of different ways is where i'm trying to move my my work and what i can do for women and men that's awesome yeah i love it um cool. Tim, where can people find you on Instagram, yep. Julianne underscore Costigan. And I also have a new website out that you should all check out. Okay. Your website's exceptional. I have to tell you, wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It is good. <laughs> Thank you. It's very good. I'm uh, very excited about it. Yeah. So uh, anybody that is looking to up their fashion game, feel better about themselves, go to work, feeling good, looking good, they need to call you. I am yes. so inspired and super excited for you. Um, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. All the way here yeah. to Waterloo <laughs> to come and see us. We love having you here. I loved being here. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us in your ears. We release a new episode every Tuesday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.
Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram for episode updates at drink the coffee, do the work.